welcome to the podcast, everybody. Happy whatever day it is for you. Today is, um, it's Friday. Happy Friday. Oh my goodness. To me, because maybe it's not Friday to you when you're listening to this. But anyway, how are you doing? Before we get started, how are you? How is your life? How are you actually feeling? Be honest with yourself. How are you doing, dog? <laughs> um, I hope that you're doing well. And if you're not, you're not alone. And it is not over for you. Everything is temporary, except for God. And it's going to be okay. It is going to be okay. It's going to pass. That I can promise you, even though it feels like it's an eternity. Um. But yeah, let's hop into this. I really, I have a lot of things I want to talk about. So first of all, I've been reading this book. Um, It's not really a book. I know that there's a book component, but I've never read the book myself yet because I came across the workbook first and it's called, it's this book right here. (laughs) It's called 13 Things Mentally Strong People Don't Do and it's a workbook. And basically it's based off of the book, which again, I haven't read, Um, but it's a more hands-on slash practical slash like um whatever word I'm looking for approach to like reading you guys know what a workbook is if you went to school if you've ever been to school whether it was homeschooled or public or private you've done workbook work before okay this is not nearly as intense um and obviously it's not required but it does kind of help you map out things that it's talking about in the book and the reason why I wanted to bring this up is because I have only had this book now for like a week or two and I feel like it's transformed my world. And this is the thing about books or anything really like anything has the ability to change or transform you as long as you're open to it. Number one. And number two, as long as you apply what you read. So people are like, Oh, I read, you know, I read a book a month. Well, does that book do anything for your mind? Does it change you? Has it changed you? I mean, if you're reading books for enjoyment, that's different. But if you're looking for something that's going to transform you, well, anything can transform you if you're paying close enough attention and applying what you hear. You know what I'm saying? So for me, and I've just started to experience this firsthand because I know that there are a lot of people that are like self-help books. Well, for me, I like them. I think they teach me things that I wouldn't, I maybe wouldn't otherwise recognize. Um, Like, you know, they say that you need to surround yourself with the people that you want to be like. And sometimes here's a little tip. If you don't have people around you that are the way that you want to, are like the people you want to become or the person that you want to become, then surround yourself with those people, whether it's through LinkedIn or whatever. But sometimes you can surround yourself with people by just reading books or watching YouTube videos of people who are like the way that who are the way that you want to become. Do you know what I'm saying? Like we have so much at our disposal that if you don't have the community that you need to thrive or want to thrive, you have access to a community, whether it's a physical person that knows you personally or it's a book. You know what I'm saying? The best book to read is the Bible, okay? Because God is, is going to read you. That book reads you better than you could read it. <laughs> but, um, but in regard to just like even just secular books in general, like secular people, like we're created, people are created for interaction. We're created as social beings. So we do have to interact with other people and other things in this world. So I digress. I'm not paid to say this either. Okay. 
I wish I was sponsored by this author slash book. I am not, but this book has really been awesome. Like, for instance, let's just give you an example. One, the first chapter is um, don't waste your time feeling sorry for yourself. And to be completely honest with you, when I first read this chapter, I was like, kind of, I was like, well, this isn't going to apply to me, but I really want to see how this book, you know, goes, turns out, right? And, uh, well, little did I know this chapter did really apply to me. Um, and at first it kind of pissed me off to be completely honest, like just a little bit. And I also made excuses for like, you know, no, this isn't applied to me or no, me feeling sorry for myself is justified, which is funny because then I flipped the page and she, the author, I think it's a girl. Yeah. She would explain how like, you might justify this by explaining that you are allowed to feel sorry for yourself because of whatever circumstances, but it's not a good way to use your, your mental space or your time, <laughs> um, which was even more irritating because I had just justified it and she knocked away my justification. But, um, anyway, I, so I'm, so reading this book has really, uh, along with almost all the other books that I open, I feel like I'm really teachable. So like if I'm, and which means I'm open to learning. And so, um, I'm really open to different perspectives and wanting to know about that. It doesn't mean that I'm not a hard head. Like sometimes, sometimes people will tell me things and I will be stubborn and stubbornness is not a bad thing. It can actually be good in a lot of cases, but sometimes I can be stubborn in a way that it closes off opportunities or like a perspective. And so I've really been trying to let go of that because sometimes I need to hear things I don't want to hear. We all do. Like, that's just the nature of it. Anyway, okay. So I don't know where I was going with that thought. But in, so this book has a chapter in it um, about people pleasing. So it was talking about how taking responsibility for other, so as a people pleaser, what's, what are people, people, <laughs> Peter Piper picked a peck of pickle poppers. <laughs> what a people pleaser will do is, Typically, they'll take responsibility for other people's emotions, along with a lot of other things. But like generally and broadly, every people pleaser will try to take responsibility for someone else's emotions, right? Or for their happiness. And this book was explaining how your responsibility as a human isn't to take other uh, like responsibility. Sorry. No, I guess that makes sense. I'm just going to repeat words. Your responsibility as a human isn't to take responsibility for other people's emotions. It's to take responsibility for your own actions and to be kind to people, not please them because you want validation or, um, or confidence or whatever it is. Right. And this is what I thought was interesting is I've read a lot of things, um, like psychologically that have explained how, when you're apologizing to somebody, okay, just like the average person, when you apologize to somebody and you're like, Oh, I'm sorry that you feel that way it's dismissive. It feels like they're not connecting with you. So what you might see people say, therapists, whoever, instead of saying, oh, I'm sorry, you feel this way. You say, I'm sorry, I made you feel this way, right? Which means you're taking accountability for your, for the emotion that you've caused somebody else. Well, that's great. Thank you for, you know, the tip. Um, of being more conscious of people, but the more you apologize to people about making them feel a certain way, the more you take responsibility for their feelings, which is not your responsibility. And as a people pleaser, that's really hard because we want to take people pleasers want to take responsibility for everybody's emotions. Um, and a lot of time, everybody except for their own emotions, right? Not the point. So this narrative that's going on in the world about being like, 
taking responsibility for other people's emotions, being like, I'm sorry that instead of saying, I'm sorry that you feel that way, say, I'm sorry that I made you feel that way, which is recognizing their emotion. But you can recognize their emotion without taking responsibility for it. This does not mean what I'm saying is to not take responsibility for the things you did that caused them to feel a certain way. But their emotions are not your business. So instead in my head this is like this is how I'm trying to work this out in my head I feel like instead of being like I'm sorry I made you feel that way not only is this going to help people pleasers to not keep trying to take accountability for other people's emotions or non-people pleasers but also I think this new approach that I'm about to talk about is going to help um the other person that has felt offended right in whatever way that is and whatever emotion they're feeling to feel more seen than just saying, I'm sorry that I made you feel this way. Okay. So to, ex to exhibit this, um, I'm going to give you an example because this is the best way I know how to do this. So yesterday or two days ago, I guess that's irrelevant information, but there you go. I was talking to Daniel and I was, I wasn't talking to him. Actually, I was in the car in the passenger seat he was tired and hungry and I was hungry and we were trying to figure out dinner, but I got a phone call from somebody that I needed to take um, and they were assisting me with something. So I definitely was like, oh, I got to take this because I want to get this done. I want to, you know, whatever. And the conversation went longer than I thought. It was very hard for me to end the conversation because it just like the person just needed more information and whatnot, which is not a problem. But in this particular case, um, it was just, it was, it, I could tell he was getting irritated. Um, and to the point where I was like, are you okay? Or whatever. Anyway, we got home and I was on the phone for a while. Like I was on the phone for like 35, 40 minutes. Um, we didn't end up getting dinner from the place we were going to get dinner from. So we ended up getting somewhere else. And it was just like, I could just sense he was like not happy about anything on top of already being hungry and tired. Right. And I was just prolonging the process. So we got home and I was like, and I had asked like once, maybe twice. I used to ask all the time, but like this is before even Daniel. I would just ask people, are you okay? Are you okay? But I don't do that anymore. <laughs> but I asked him, I, I asked him once or twice, like, hey, babe, are you okay? And he was like, he was like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just tired. And so I let it go. And then like maybe an hour later, he came back and I was like, what's wrong? And he's like, I don't know. I'm just like frustrated. And we started talking about it. And he was saying that he was annoyed that I had annoyed him. Okay. And usually be somebody being annoyed by me would trigger me. But I really, I think Daniel has really helped me overcome that because, because who cares? This isn't a topic. <laughs> we can talk about that later. So he was, he basically expressed that he was annoyed because I was on the phone during a time he was sleepy and tired and sleepy, tired and hungry. And I was basically, um, it just felt like an inappropriate time to take a phone call, you know, like it just felt like it was wasting time. Right. And so he was kind of just explaining to me that I annoyed him in that way or my actions like was, were frustrating and irritating. Right. Totally valid. I totally get it. But that made me, that made me shut down for a moment. Right. So I'm sitting there and I'm thinking about, okay, how, how, what, did, what did I do wrong that I need to do better, right? Because in my mind, what I was doing was not trying to hurt anybody, and it was justified because I was doing something productive, right? But 
somebody in the middle of me doing something productive what became offended by that and when I say offense I just mean like their emotions became they experienced a negative emotion from whatever action I was doing okay so remember we're talking about people pleasing and not taking accountability for other people's emote responsibility for their emotions but accountability for our actions let me say that again we're talking about not taking responsibility for our emotions but taking accountability for our actions okay so in that moment, I sat there for like maybe three minutes, just like in silence, because I didn't know what to say. And I was kind of mad that he was annoyed, <laughs> like, to be honest, because I was like, this is productive. Like, this doesn't make sense. Um, but I also, you know, we have a very healthy relationship. So we really both try to try to make sure that we're seeing the big picture on, and hearing each other out and being respectful and, and whatnot while we're both feeling our own emotions. So in that moment, I said, like after pausing for three minutes, because I didn't really know what to do about it, I knew that he was offended. And I knew that I also didn't do anything wrong, technically, right? Um, but he felt that I had, right? Um, so in that moment, I said, well, I'm sorry for annoying you. You know, I apologize about that. And then I let it go for a while. And in that moment, I was frustrated because I wasn't sorry that he was annoyed. I wasn't sorry that I apparently annoyed him. Like, I wasn't. I was more, like, caught off guard on, like, well, what do you want me to do about it? You know, like, this makes sense. This was a productive thing. Like, you know, I was still trying to work it out. But I knew that there was apology that was unnecessary. Or not even an apology, but, like, a change in action. Or, like, a recognition. Sometimes you don't have to change things. But you do have to, like, recognize like recognize other people's feelings and emotions so they can be seen and felt and heard and they can connect with you on a deeper level right but me just taking responsibility for his emotions by saying i'm sorry i annoyed you that's me taking responsibility for his emotions which are not my responsibility they're not people pleasers will think it is but it is not my responsibility that you felt some type of way because because of me it is your responsibility to control your emotions and deal with your own actions but it is also my responsibility to deal with my own emotions and my own actions and in this case my actions affected him but you know the the ex people pleaser in me tried to tried to come out and so she said she said that's what I said I said that I'm sorry for annoying you and I have no reason to be as sorry for his feelings of me being annoying right it's not my, it's not my business it's not but what I did need to do is take accountability for my actions so then later like hours later right I'm thinking about this and I was in the shower thinking about this, which is great. You know, shower thoughts. They say, you know, a lot of thoughts flow in the shower. Um, and I was thinking about what's the difference between me not take, how do I not take responsibility for people's emotions, but also still be accountable for the things that I do? You know what I'm saying? And I had this epiphany. I felt like it was a revelation from the Holy Spirit. He just like dropped a bomb on me. And I started to understand that it's not about how he feels. I'm not sorry that I annoyed him. Because, again, that's not on me. What I am sorry for, if I really listen to what he said, like this is what it means to communicate and to actually listen and not just hear people. Those are different. Look, in the, look them up. One of them's active. One of them's passive. Listening is active. Hearing is passive. Um, what I didn't realize, what I realized if I listened, what he was saying is I felt like my time was wasted. I felt like you were not being respectful of my time and not being respectful of the situation. You could have waited to take that phone call. This is not what he said, but in everything that he said, this is what he meant. 
Um, and you can never assume what people mean, by the way. But we had a conversation late. Like, this is what my brain was processing. Like, oh, what I think he meant was or what he felt. I think what he felt wasn't the annoyance with me. That was a byproduct of, of what actually I offended. Basically, what I offended was his time. It felt like I was being disrespectful, that I could have been more um, intentional with the phone, you know, with being with setting my priorities right. The phone call to him was not a priority, although it was to me. And it wasn't even about the phone call. It just felt like his time was wasted. He was tired. He wanted to eat. Like, it was just a combination of things. So I ended up going back to him, right? And I told him, I was like, you remember that conversation we heard had earlier when you felt I was annoying and all that's like, where I annoyed you or whatever. And he was like, yeah. And um, I was like, I j I'm not actually sorry that you, f you were annoyed by me. And he was like, taken aback, right? Because who wouldn't be? Like, I just apologized a couple hours before and now I'm bringing it up and taking my apology back. And he was like, what do you mean? And I was like, I'm not sorry about how you felt because honestly, your, your feelings, this sounds harsh. It sounds harsh, especially for somebody who used to be a people pleaser, but I'm not sorry for your, for how you feel, but I am sorry that I disrespected you. That was the nature of his feelings. He felt his time and his, his presence was disrespected, which I totally get. Like I understand being tired, hungry, feeling like that call could have been taken another time like you know what I'm saying but sometimes things run a little deeper you know this isn't a this isn't like a huge argument or anything this was just me trying to in my head like get an understanding of like how do you deal with these things as an ex-people pleaser how are you supposed to handle things as a mentally strong individual right and so I, I was just like I'm sorry for wasting your time like I'm sorry that I was not respectful of your time and of my time as well um and that's what i'm sorry about and he was like he he see it was there was something that like lit up in his eyes that made it seem like he felt more heard than me just saying i annoyed him you know like when you get to the root because it wasn't the issue the, it, the annoyance was a byproduct emotions are a byproduct of an offense that people feel or maybe not an offense because not all emotions are negative but but um Emotions typically are a byproduct. They're not something to be ignored. They're important. But a lot of us haven't been taught or know how to to dissect what we're feeling. So instead of telling them why we're feeling what we're feeling, we tell them we label our emotion, which is important. Labeling our emotion is important. But um, getting to the bottom of why you feel that emotion, I think, is so important. I think it's key to like communicating well, um, understanding yourself well and and really feeling seen and heard you know and so when I said that I saw in his eyes he was like yeah like yeah and I was like I'm sorry and next time I'll, I will I will try to be more considerate about your time you know in my own time you know and you could just sense like the the I want to say intimacy that just like was birthed in that moment whether it was small or not because the bible says do not despise small beginnings don't despise the small things. Don't. Because small beginnings, small seeds that grow in the ground can become huge trees one day. You know what I'm saying? And so um, the interesting thing is after that happened, he was like, well, that's what I assumed you meant. But it's interesting because like a people pleaser, like I would say Daniel's not a people pleaser. I think he used to be, but I don't think he is really anymore. Um, and for people pleasers when somebody when you say like i'm sorry i annoyed you it doesn't come across that 
that like it wasn't you that annoyed me it was like you know an emotion I felt because you did something that I didn't like or that crossed a boundary you know and but a a non-people pleaser would be like oh yeah like that's exactly what I thought you meant because that's how they perceive reality they're like well annoying isn't the issue the issue is my time you know what I'm saying I hope this is making sense so I think it's really my point is that it's difficult for somebody who's a people pleaser to really differentiate those you have to be really you have to be in um you have to think you have to put effort this is effortful if you do not want to be a people pleaser you have to put a lot of effort behind it you just do like I don't know what to tell you I don't know what to tell you it is hard in these streets you know it is hard in these streets so anyway I hope that was helpful, but basically the whole point of me telling the story is that um, this is this is an evolution, an evolutionary, <laughs> this is uh, an, a story, this is how this book, you know what, this is how this book has already kind of changed my perspective, and not taking responsibility for other people's emotions is so, so yummy, it's so yummy, oh, it's so yummy, because it gives me a sense of control. Because as a person, you know you can't control other people's emotions. You can't regulate. You can try to regulate a little bit, but you can't control or regulate other people's emotions to like a full extent. That's on them. And so when you remove yourself from the responsibility of somebody's emotions and put yourself in the responsibility of your own actions and being accountable for what you do and how it might be perceived or how it might affect other people, you gain control. Because now instead of me being like, oh, I have to make sure I don't annoy him, which is impossible because people are annoying. I annoy myself. You know what I'm saying? From time to time. Um, (laughs) But it's impossible for me to control that. But what I can control is the action that produced that feeling. So like I the action, the core action in this situation is me not respecting his time or my time. But now because I'm aware that that was offensive right that that crossed a boundary because when you're offended by something you're crossing a boundary it's like a fence to go over a fence you know what I'm saying offense <laughs> um over the fence you know <laughs> um but when that happens um when you cross that when you cross a boundary uh and it's an and it's a boundary of you an, a boundary is an action that you take when you cross a boundary that is an active thing right And when it becomes instead about what you're doing and the actions you're taking instead of how the person is feeling, then you can change what you do to produce a better outcome. You know, it doesn't mean I change everything that I do and who I am. There are going to be plenty other times I'm sure that he feels that way. There are going to be plenty of times that I feel that way. That's just the nature of being human. We're not perfect. We're not made to be perfect. God did not tell us to come down here and be perfect. Okay. That wasn't the point. That's not the point. It's impossible. He, he knows that's impossible. So you got to know that's impossible. The point is just like growth, right? It's just being able to at least start by recognition. Okay. I have another example of like just recognizing and not despising small beginnings. Again, in this book, right? There was a section on there. Um, and I think it was, a, oh, it was in the section called know your power. And if you not know your power, sorry, my dad used to say that to me a lot. 
the chapter is don't give your power away okay and if you are a people pleaser then you most likely most certainly okay i'm not gonna say certainly but you most likely give your power away constantly um and there's a part where it discusses like how you how you give your power away when you let other people affect your emotions or what you do or what you think or what you say or how you do things or how you move in the world right and I don't think I realized that that was a form of of like that was a form of giving your power away is like letting your emotions be affected by what other people say do or or whatever right or feel and I realized in that moment when reading that, that I, I gave power away in that area a lot. When people feel a certain way about me or think something that isn't true about me or whatever it is, like it affects my emotions and it affects my emotions pretty heavily. Not anymore because I've, I've become aware. That's the thing. I was not aware that was an issue. So hear me. So I'm reading this, right? And I see that section and then not 10 minutes later, I experienced it firsthand. So basically... I was in this training course. This is literally like a couple days ago. I was in this training class and um, I basically was trying, uh, no, no, we were learning a new skill. And normally I'm like the kind of go-getter. Like I will go first. I'll be the guinea pig. I'll be, you know, like I'll just go, I'll just do it. But this time I was like, you know what? Cause I think, by the way, I think that desire to go first or to be first or whatever um, kind of stems from something else that might be a little toxic and I haven't figured it out yet, but I'm, I'm thinking through it anyway. So I decided in that moment to be like, you know what, let me just, let me see if my brain works better. If I just step back, absorb and let everyone else go first and I'll go last. Right. So the, the professor did something first, right? The preceptor did the, did it first. And then she was like, all right, who wants to go first? We were all going to have to go at a certain point. And with this mindset, I was like, no, nah, I don't want to go first. Like, I'm good. You guys can. Um, and she was like, people were like, oh, my gosh. Like, what? Oh, my gosh. And I was like, chill, dog. Like, I'm just trying to process things, you know, absorb all that stuff. Anyway, the second person was going to go. And I was like, nah, somebody else go, you know, whatever. And then it started. Everybody was like, there's no reason to be scared. Like, why are you scared? And I was like, do I look scared? I am not. I honestly I ignored them which was kind of a powerful thing for me like I just kind of ignored them the first couple times that they were saying this and then they kept saying it like three four five six seven eight nine ten times right and they were every time they would say it they would get more emotional about it being like there's nothing to worry about like oh my gosh like why is she so scared I don't get it and I'm thinking why am I on your mind right now like why am I on your mind that's what I should have been thinking. But what I was thinking is I was, I was pissed. Like, let me tell you, I was so annoyed because I was like, what's happening in my mind is not what you're perceiving. And when I'm not perceived well, no, when I'm not perceived accurately, it pisses me off. It makes me very frustrated because I want to be perceived accurately. And I think just as a complete side note, I think this is why me and Instagram just don't vibe right now very well because Instagram is such a short picture. Like, yeah, there's like reels and stuff, but like relatively speaking, it's very snapshot. And I feel like the short, the smaller the snapshot, the less ability I have to give you an accurate um, picture of what's, what's true. Like, like an accurate picture, you know, like an act, an accurate understanding um, so like longer form things allow me to give you more perspective and more like context, right? 
Um, Because I know y'all don't be reading them long. Some of you do, but not all of you. And so, yeah, anyway. Okay, so I don't like being misperceived incorrectly. But regardless, I could literally tell you the whole story and add in all all the context. And somebody out there is going to perceive me not the way I want to be perceived. So I understand that. But still, I'm, I'm working on it. And anyway, back to the training class. So I'm in the training class and I'm, I'm getting really upset to the point where it's distracting me. And I'm, I'm absorbing all this stuff I'm going to have to learn and perform in front of people. And, and then my emotions got in the way, just like this book talked about. Don't give your power away. Because what happened is I allowed what they were saying and perceiving about me that was not accurate. I mean, I was calm inside. I was really just trying to absorb and to really get there, get to the front and be like, I got this. Boom, 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 boom which also may stem from an ego thing because I just want to get things well and right and not embarrass myself in front of people. (laughs) I want to impress people. Honestly, let me just say it. That's the whole like perfectionism thing. That's like disgusting, toxic, but that's not the point. The point is that I let my emotions cloud my ability to perform. And so when I went up there to perform, I forgot everything. I mean, I, I looked more clueless than before which proved to them something that wasn't true which was that I was scared and even after that they were like see it's not that bad like there was no reason for you to be scared and I got so frustrated that I was like I am not scared I am just trying to absorb this is how my brain works let me absorb but they were not used to that because typically I'm like gung-ho ready to go you know what I'm saying so I understand where they were coming from, but that really pissed me off. And so it was just interesting that like not 10 minutes prior to that, I had really read the section about not giving your power away. And so this is something else is that after that moment passed and I recognized that I had just read, like, don't do that thing. Don't let your emotions be played with and changed because of what people think of you or how people are responding to you. And I did just that. But this is the thing is the do not despise small beginnings because what do we say the first step one of the first steps is recognition like becoming aware like that in itself is beautiful I yeah I maybe felt embarrassed I'm not saying I embarrassed myself but like for lack of a better term I embarrassed myself I felt embarrassed I felt a little bit ashamed like just weird I felt odd and awkward and Instead, what I normally would do would like I would ruminate on that and just like hold it on, hold on to it tight and just like become anxious over it and just like let it cloud everything. But I'm telling you, like my mindset is just different. Like instead of holding on to that, I really I really told myself like, dude, this is awesome. The fact that you're aware of this now means that you're going to overcome it. Number one. And number two, this is proving to you this is the journey of life. Like you are forever going to find things out about yourself through experience and from other people telling you, but especially from experience that you're probably not going to like about yourself. And it doesn't mean I don't like that part about myself, but it, but it shows my weak points. You know, it shows where I need growth, where I need help. And that's awesome because you want to become aware of your weak areas so you can make them stronger. And so I really pivoted and turned this into a, a strong moment and, and then I was not anxious about it. Not only that, but like, I'm happy that it happened and I'm like excited to like move forward and like keep learning and all that stuff. So I just thought that was a really, I just thought that was cool. Cause that for me really shows the growth that shows the, the mindset shift and change. And that really proves to me that I should recommend this book for you. 
it's a workbook i'm sure the book is awesome honestly if you don't like doing workbooks probably just get the book um i have not read the book yet so i can't like recommend that because i've read it and like know all about it but the workbook's phenomenal um the little snippets that it does give you is enough to hold on to and like create your own your own plan for your own life you know what i'm saying your own plan for your own mental strength game and i really love that i really really love that the last topic i'm gonna talk about today okay um is that over the course something that i really like and want in regard to the people that i'm closest to is i want them to want to grow and not just okay wait in addition to wanting them to want to get better and to like become better and just become just keep on moving keep on wait, moving up moving on up <laughs> to the east side um no what i really want is for them to also put action behind those words and something that i've realized is that a lot of people say that they don't like the mindsets they're that they're in they say they're tired of how they think and the life they're living and then they do nothing about it and i and i know i've done this too but i don't like when people are like oh i want to get out of this mindset and i want to do something else but they don't do anything to support that or they say they're aware of like oh i know i do this and it sucks and it and it definitely contributes to the negative mindset but like you know i know i do it and then they don't do anything about not doing it anymore <laughs> Um, and that's frustrating for me because I'm trying to be because I'm in a space in life where I'm like trying to grow and trying to stop doing the toxic things that I've done or the toxic ways that I think and break those toxic cycles. Can we say toxic again? Um, but then when you're around people who like just don't have that mindset, it's frustrating. And I think for me, what's so frustrating is that like a lot of people I realize don't want to do the simple things like or like the practical things like honestly big changes in any situation happen with small minute changes throughout the day or the month or the week or the year like think about it like this you plant a seed right it doesn't grow all of a sudden but it grows gradually because you're gradually you're doing small things every day that affect that change like watering it right like replanting it taking care of it, nurturing it every day or whenever whatever plant you have needs water and replanting and sunlight or whatever it is. And so that's the same way that it goes for our mind and our bodies and our lives. So I'm like over here like, dude, do the simple things. Do the practical things. Start small. Give yourself grace, you know. And people are like, no, I want a whirlwind change in my life. And I'm like, most of the time that doesn't happen you just pray for your life to change in a night you know and like that is just not the nature of it yes miracles still do happen god can do anything that he wants to do but honestly he's most likely not gonna do it overnight okay there's got there's got to be development there has to be change god will only step in when there needs a mirror a mirror excuse me God will typically step in most of the time only when you can no longer do what he what he can do. So like you can't part the Red Sea, you know what I'm saying? But you can walk your booty to the sea. You know what I'm saying? Like he's not going to fly you there because <laughs> you got two legs. You can take bus 11. And so 
I think in my mind, I'm like realizing that a lot of change happens with the small things. Right. And it's like, we're aware, like we know this, but still we're like, maybe for me, it'll just happen. Um, change is typically really gradual. And I'm like, just start with the simple things. Like I said, simple things, small beginnings, do not despise them. For, for instance, we talked about awareness being like the small beginning, right? And that doesn't feel like a grand step. But in order to attack something and change something, you have to be aware of its presence. You can't shed light on darkness that you don't know exists. Do you get what I'm saying? Do you get what I'm saying? Awareness is the smallest step. It really is. And then you have to, once you're aware of the thing, you have to also not be in denial and also be open. You've got to be open to receive be teachable be open to perspective do you know what i'm saying and so i think that frustrates me that so many people want change and either limit themselves because they believe it's not possible for them or there's no other option or whatever and i'm not belittling their story or their situation they've tried everything da da da, da. i get it because i've been there i've been in a place where it's dark and i can't figure out how to get out and i feel like i've done everything and i don't even want to get out honestly because if I get out, then I'm going to be exposed to the light and being exposed to light sometimes feels selfish. You know what I'm saying? Like there was a point in my life where, and sometimes still now where like when I'm doing well, actually not sometimes. Yes. Still now when I'm doing well, I feel bad telling people that like, I'm just like, they're like, how are you doing? And I'm like, I'm good. You know, it almost feels like bragging, which is ridiculous. That's insane. Um, and so, so I understand, I'm not trying to belittle anybody's story. And I know that it can be hard. I know that there can be a lack. It, it feels like there's a lack of resources, but God says that we have everything that we need. We do. And so we have to use what we have creatively to become whatever we want to become. And it's so much more nuanced than what I just said, but also it's not like start small, start small. Like I said, like something small, if you don't have the community you need, internet library public libraries have free books let me just tell you free don't they have like audio tapes and like newspapers and like all these different things like use what's what you're what you have access to and if you don't have access to any of that there's got to be one person that will show you something even if it's one word they say that just reveals something to you and starts you starts you down a path like you have to be open to recognizing opportunities and too many of us are so closed off, like, like, especially, not especially, but like, you know, what's so annoying is like, I-, I love Jesus, right? And I want to be surrounded by people that know and love God and like really practice what he does. But you know what? Some people who claim they're Christian, sometimes what they'll do is they won't take advice from anybody that doesn't know God. And this is the thing is like, God can use whoever he wants to change your life, to change your mind, to affect what he wants to do in this world, whoever he wants. And sometimes if you're shut off to people because of what they believe, what they look like, who they are, where they live, then you're going to miss the blessing. You're going to miss the opportunity. So when you're closed off and you're limiting yourself, you're your, lim- you're your limitation. You know what I'm saying? I'm not talking about you though. I'm talking about me. I'm talking about me. So I'm trying not to limitate myself. Is that a word? Limitate? Limit, limit myself? <laughs> Um, but yeah, that really kind of annoys me about, about some Christians. So I'm like, y'all only want to be around Christians. Our calling is to be put 
in community with people who don't know Christ so that he can be revealed through us. It doesn't mean like neglect being friends with Christians, but also don't just click up. That's the whole thing is like, why y'all got to click up with people who only feel how you feel and think how you think and see world how you see the world. That is not the purpose of, of being in relationship with God. And by the way, it's not about a religion. It's not. Like, yes, religion is in the Bible. I'm getting so off topic. Religion is in the Bible, but the Bible is not a book about religion. The Bible is a book about a relationship. And if you haven't gotten that message, you need to reread the Bible or read it for the first time. Like so many times people, including myself, will like, will just listen to what other people say. Be like, they'll hear somebody say, I read the Bible or I read these studies. It could be even about science or math or whatever. And they'll just blindly trust anybody who says they got any sort of credential. Let me tell you, don't believe, don't, don't like blindly believe anything that anyone says. Like go seek it out for yourself. Like just because I'm holding a microphone and I will say this over and over again, doesn't mean I'm right. And also it doesn't mean I'm not going to change my mind. You know what I'm saying? Years from now, you may see another podcast of me talking about something that I've talked about now, and I have a completely different perspective. But the thing is that you can only work with what you have. I mean, duh. So if I become aware of something later down the road or or gain new knowledge in that certain area that changes my mind or my perspective or my thoughts about that, then I have the right to do so. And you can feel however you want, because what do we say? Your feelings are not my responsibility. Anyway, I hope you guys have a wonderful day. Thank you so much, or night. Thank you so much for joining. This was fun. I really felt like we jived, like we vibed, like we really, we really connected on a more intimate level. (laughs) Maybe not an intimate level, but we'll get there. Anyway, seriously, thank you so much for joining. Um, I hope that you got something from this. I hope this, this resonated with you in some way. And I really just want you to know that you are so loved you are so loved. You are so deeply known. You are so wonderful and you are enough just where you are, just how you are. Okay. Um, so that's your daily nightly reminder of that. All right, guys, I will talk to you later. Thanks again for listening. Also, if you like this, go check out some other stuff, go share it, go like it, go comment, go see my other podcasts, other YouTube videos, other reels, TikTok, Instagram, which I don't really post on that much right now. (laughs) Anyway, love you all. Peace.